I want to say like sieve down what life is and here's what life is yeah. life is it consists of four things and it is you know we're all born with our health we're all born with time and, and well all of these are limited so health can be limited time can be limited we're we're, we're born with community mm-hmm. and um, our environment and those four things are what what we are born with and what we need to live This podcast is all about shining light on the real struggles and joys of life. We will have real experiences, real people, and real stories in the hopes that they motivate you and help you in your own journey. This is the One World Countless Stories podcast with Selena Novello. Today, I have a very special guest, and it is Lisa Iverson, and I'm so, so excited. So Lisa is one of my good friend's mom, and she reached out to me about wanting to talk about her story and also a book that she wrote. And so I am very excited because she is definitely an inspiration and just has so much joy and passion to share with the world. And this is where she's going to shine and sparkle and share a little bit about her book that she wrote. So today, I'm very excited. Welcome, Lisa. Uh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And uh, um, yeah, I just I think this is just magic. It's going to be such a great conversation. I can I can feel it in my bones. So yes, me as well. I'm very excited. All right. So why don't you introduce yourself and tell us anything that you feel is important for us to know about you? Uh, okay, well, um, so my name is fully Lisa Joanne Iverson, but uh, I use that for my um, artist and illustrator voice, um, but uh, but Lisa, um, I spell it differently, L-E-E-S-A, I um, kind of changed that uh, when I was younger, actually, I was born L-I-S-A, um, I am uh, a wife, a mother, a sister, an auntie, um, but, uh, but basically, um, in the last seven years, I'm just going to... Um, share that I'm just I'm so excited about um, art and writing. Um, it's it's uh, everything that I've ever done has sort of led me to this spot. Oh, that's awesome. And I can't wait to talk about what has gotten you to that author and artist journey. But we're going to start off with the beginning of your story. So can you tell us a little bit about your childhood and anything that you feel is important for us to know? Maybe something that was very instrumental in shaping who you are today? Okay. I um, was born in Edmonton and I grew up in St. Albert, Alberta. Um, St. Albert's a bedroom community just north of Edmonton here. Um, um, My mother was a nurse, although I don't recall her practicing. Um, I have memories of my early life and my my mother kind of consists of her being in the home quite a bit. Um, She she hurt her back and her shoulder, so she was around. And then I was kind of a a sickly kind of kid with allergies and asthma. Um, so my mom was uh, kind of taking care of uh, of the home life. But um, and um, my father, he uh, started up his own travel agency, and um, he actually left the home when I was three. So um, and he ended up remarrying. Um, he moved to the west coast, and he had a second family. And um, we kept in touch with him um, and would visit like once or twice a year, but he wasn't really part of raising me or my siblings. So the the home that I grew up in was kind of constantly tense um, and volatile with some emotion. And mm-hmm. um, it's only more recently that I'm able to identify how much that environment uh, shaped my behaviors and thoughts about the bigger world. 
so growing up in the home that I did, it made me want to be very present and hands-on parent to my boys and provide as much stability as possible for them. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like there's lots of change happening at such a young, at such a young age. Yeah, it really, it really was a lot. And, um, you know, not to say that my home life was, um, you know, like, I, I know that that sounds like a lot to kind of share out the gate. Um, like, we were, I felt loved, I felt, um, you know, taken care of, there was food and, you know, shelter and on all of that. But, um, but certainly that shaped me um, into the person that I am. Um, it made me, I think, turn into myself and become more creative in my thinking um, mm -hmm. to, yeah, it kind of like insulate myself um, ag against, you know, that sort of uh, great, greater world. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I think that sort of uh, shaped me into becoming a bit more of an introvert. Um, and, and I think that that's, something that I'm working on now, you know, kind of breaking out of my bubble and um, sharing my art with the world. So, yeah, I mean, you have beautiful reflection in there that you were able to see what your childhood did and go back and revisit some of those memories that aren't easy to visit because there is some emotional baggage and attachment and lots of different things that are experienced when you go back and review what your childhood was like. And so I'm wondering what what were some of those really hard emotions that you were battling at that time and how they shaped uh, some of your art? And like you said, your personality, you're a little bit more introverted and you have a creative spark from that, which is so beautiful. But what what else has it done for you? Oh, um, you know, I think it's really taught me resilience. Um, I think it's really taught me to... Um, now, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said for, you know, figuring out and navigating the world uh, through hard times. You know, I think something that I've been learning, I, I, um, I have been doing a lot of like uh, work on myself over the last few years um, to try and kind of look back at, you know, because there's so much of your early life you're kind of just trying to get forward and, and ahead and you're working on your education your career and um and then you know family and so there seems to be sort of this pause at least in my life right now where I'm reflecting back on on my childhood and my parents and looking at all with compassion yeah um and seeing seeing my mother with compassion seeing my father with compassion and then having more compassion for myself and mm -hmm. all of the um all of the things all of the choices that I made that maybe weren't in my best interest or the choices that I made that were in my best interest and um uh yeah just just taking a look at that and and trying to see how I can kind of grow out of that mm -hmm. um, and and grow into being more fully me rather than a product of my upbringing. Does that make sense? That makes a hundred percent sense. Like that's yeah. so beautiful. I love the way that you frame that and are able to take something and make it so positive. I absolutely love that. And there's so much to be said about compassion for others and for yourself. Like you're talking, it's, it's really cool when you can sit back and realize that like 
my parents did the best that they could with what they had at that time. And being able to give yourself that same grace that you were doing the best that you could do with the tools that you had. And it's just, it's so remarkable that you had that insight. Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. I just, <laughs> I love you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that's wonderful. That's right. That's, that's exactly right. And, and yeah, it is, you know, I've, I've been kind of um, turning my lens and my focus. I, I actually did a little bit of meditation just before we began here, but um, you know, that, that idea of kind of going within and um, the realization that I've been having in, in so many different aspects of life is that there is suffering in the world and that each person is dealing with their own suffering. Yeah. And um, certainly when I talk about like that lens of compassion that I can have for my parents and for myself, it's sort of been recognizing that that suffering is there. It, it was with them when they were doing their best to raise um, me and when they were making their own decisions. Um, and um, you know, and I can see my own suffering, um, mm -hmm. and I can see how without it, I wouldn't have learned the lessons that I've learned that have brought me to this exact moment, yeah. you know, um, and, and I'm so grateful for this moment, you know, I, I'm so grateful to have had, you know, it not easy at the time and not easy to recognize, but, um, the childhood and the adversity that I've had, because it really has shaped me to then raise my own kids and to influence the people around me mm -hmm. in a way that um you know I don't think that I could have done without having that perspective you know yeah. so so in a weird strange way um I think suffering is it's important to us yeah, I 100% I agree. I think suffering is a really important moment for us to have. Like, and sometimes we suffer alone. Sometimes we suffer with other people. But it's it's not that we wish suffering on anyone. But when you can be grateful and find the, wow, what this suffering did for me. I can think of a time in my life where I had to go through extreme suffering in silence. But I did it just to receive the fruit on the other side of it it makes everything when you when you go through such dark times and hard times it makes the great and beautiful times even more sweeter and richer because you just know how hard you had to work to get to a better place to a greater place where you could truly shine and i feel that through your story where you have this newfound gratitude for all the suffering that has happened and i think it is important that we experience hurdles and things that we have to overcome in our life because it builds the grit inside of us, but it builds who we are today. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. And, you know, I just sort of see this sort of like, it's like a scale of balance. It's a, it's a balance of, you know, I think in our society, so many people talk about like striving for happiness or wanting to be happy. And if you even see like in marketing or images, it's just, you know, everything is sort of on the, the brighter. And of course, we want to lean into positivity and we want to be more positive. Um, but it's just, I think that there needs to also be an acknowledgement that it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to, to feel that suffering, not to like sink into it, but, you know, that's where community comes in. That's where it's so important that we have people in our lives that we can trust or that we can talk to and um, and share that. And I'm, you know, I, that's the other thing is that I just feel so grateful for having conversations with people that 
you know, like I think about my my siblings, you know, in in when you know talking about childhood to be able to sort of relate back to that and get their perspective on it, mm-hmm. um, you know, for better and for worse, and just sort of be able to kind of roll that around and take another look at it, mm-hmm. um, because I think, you know, so oftentimes we can just get so kind of caught up in our heads with the story that we have told ourselves, yes. and um, so that's where it's so important when we're feeling those hard feelings to be able to like talk to somebody that um, because, you know, there's even something when we're, when we're saying our story out loud, there can be moments when you hear yourself say something that you're like, is that true? I don't know if you've ever had that, but yeah, totally. I'm, yeah I've certainly had that where it's like, Oh, you know, to hear myself say that, I think I can kind of take a better look at that and question it rather than just sort of holding that in my head and my heart and, yeah. It, so no you're yeah. so right the stories we tell ourselves they they can build up really quickly but we have to know that that's not always the full truth and it's important like you said to question it it really mm-hmm. is the question the things that we put inside our head it's like is this actually true or did we just build this completely up um yeah. and we all do it and it's like as, as much as we try to break that habit it can creep and crawl back in and it's just like this ongoing continuous process and I think that through your story and your examples that you've been talking about, there is this awesome realization and recognition that things can be different than they have been. Yeah. Yeah. Like our brain is this miraculous, uh, you know, I sort of see it, this is this computer system, you know, Um, and depending on our upbringing, it's almost like our hard wiring can be kind of conditioned to think a certain way. Mm -hmm. And but that that's not the end all be all. So it's so important to question and to to have those conversations to kind of uh, um, because you can change it, you know, you can you can change your story, you know, the the past is in the past and the future is, you know, it's open. So yeah, it's important to, um, to take a look, to um, talk to people and um, yeah and and just sort of mull over and and question so anyway though yeah yeah, very very powerful things and I hope if you're listening to this right now you're really listening to that that you can change your life at any moment you are the author right to your own story where you get to choose and question things that you've always believed that you thought were true you get to opportunity to question every single day and I absolutely love this the topics that are coming up in this because I just think that they're so important for people to hear and that it's just never too late it's never too late to start your healing journey or start a new passion or anything like you can do that at any point in time and so I thank you for sharing all of that and I wanted to ask you a little bit about being a parent and being a mother you talked about the tools that you learned from your suffering and how you were going to change that and show up in a more present way for your family so I'd love to hear a little bit about your family and how how you show up for them yeah, well, you know, um, my experience of growing up, as I had mentioned, uh, sort of lacked stability. And mm-hmm. so I, it was just so important to me to be present for my two sons as they were growing up and to be a very hands-on parent and to be, um, to read them stories, to, you know, have routine, to um, pay attention you know, that was the thing that um, I, you know, I, I really don't recall um, having, you know, and, and so that definitely shaped me, you know, just feeling like, um, 
or if I had attention, it was sort of focused in a in in a negative way. I I think. Um, so for my boys, yeah, I just I really wanted to be there for them, and I I really feel fortunate with my husband in that uh, we we agreed that I would be home for them, and uh, that was just such a gift not only I think to the kids, but to me right. and, uh, and to our family, because what we ended up dealing with too, um, was, you know, I, I know we haven't, we haven't talked about this, but I, I did struggle in school. I was sort of like one of the kids in class that got pulled out of class because I wasn't understanding, uh, mm -hmm. concepts that were very clear. It seemed to my, my peers. And I remember that feeling. I grew up sort of feeling like I wasn't very smart. Um, and so I really wanted, um, to be there for the, for my boys to, um, to, to boost them, you know, I think, yeah. I think a big part of not just parenting, but like the whole ancestral line that we live in our lives is to sort of raise our family up on our shoulders and give them that lift of all the lessons and things that we've learned and to let them know they're loved and just give them that security so that they can just reach out into the world and grab what they, you know, pull themselves forward. So, yeah. um, yeah, so I was just, I was trying really hard for my boys to give them everything that I sort of felt like I wanted in my own life oh, and, yeah. uh, and and what a gift to be able to be home and give that to them but um mm -hmm. yeah and was, and was there some hurdles I'm sure there was some hurdles and being a stay-at-home mom I'd love to hear more of your experience through that and I thank you for sharing that you struggled in school because it's not easy to acknowledge that and I also can relate to that where i I went to a special school for learning disabilities and that's actually where I met your son. Um, but it's, it's that it's a really hard journey to get through where you feel like you're stupid. You feel like you can't do anything. You feel all these ways. And sometimes people tell you these things, or sometimes it's what you believe inside your head because you're just looking at what other people can do versus what you can do at that time. And I think it's big to be able to say like, yes, I struggled, but you were able to again, use that as an opportunity to change your children's life. Yes, that's right. That's right. And definitely, you know, that goes, that goes back to the sort of like, um, you know, experience and sort of questioning the story, but yeah, it, it, it definitely, it definitely um, made it so that I was wanting for my kids to have all of the educational support that they could have. Mm -hmm. But what I ran into, and um, you know, I want to be really careful about not invading my my children's privacy around uh, around their own stories. But as a parent, I mean, parenting, I have to say. It, it is a it is a hard job you know I, I heard myself say so many times over the years I wish they came with a manual <laughs> um, <laughs> you know some sort of instruction a reference booklet and I think I think there's people out there that have tried to do it it's just that never mind like um, you know how diverse our population is that there's no two faces that are the same yeah. you know that's the same with our brains you know with neurodiversity you know um you know, I've never, I haven't been assessed at all, but I'm, I'm very certain that, you know, I, my brain just, it works so differently. Um, and so what happened was, is for my kids, um, recognized, I, I want to say early on, but that's not the case. You know, I, I watched my eldest uh, struggle through kindergarten 
um, I watched him struggle through grade one and started realizing that there was going to be, you know, that, that something he needed more support, but I had no idea and I had no awareness actually at that time about learning disabilities. And, um, and it just got worse into grade two, where then, you know, it, you never want to hear your kid say that he's stupid. You never want to hear your, you, you don't want to hear your kid um, talk, you know, have, see his low self-esteem. And the thing about children that, and some adults <laughs> is that I just read something and it, it, and it said something like all, all um, action is communication. Yeah. And you know, kids, they don't know, they don't know what it is that's wrong. They just know it doesn't feel good. Right. Um, and so to witness that and to see that, that he was struggling and that he wasn't feeling good in the environment that he was in, um, it just broke my heart. And so mm -hmm. I started on the journey of trying to find where his strengths were valued because he's got amazing strengths. Yeah, but it's just unfortunate that with the curriculum and the way that that education is measured, um, those just they just showed that he was he wasn't doing you know that he didn't measure up and he could, he right. knew that very acutely. Right. And so um, in our in my journey, I did find uh, you know a, a school, and I don't mean to sound dramatic, but it felt life life saving. Not yeah. just life changing, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. And, and, I, yeah, I I appreciate you saying that, and I know for my own journey too. When I went to a school that really, you know, accepted me for who I was, I really realized in my own journey that my disabilities, we could call them those, right? My learning disabilities were actually my abilities, and it was a complete shift. And I can relate in that aspect where there is a lot to be said about the environment and the school system and how it's made for a cookie cutter. It's a cookie cutter system, right? And yeah. when there is an opportunity to go outside of that and find a place where you can truly thrive, it's it's beautiful. And I can relate to you through my parents in a little bit where they just honestly wanted the best for me. And we can see that through the story where you see someone struggling and you just you just naturally want to figure out how to give them the best opportunity to succeed. Yeah, yeah it's that's beautiful. right. I, it makes me think, I think it's an Einstein quote and it's like, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it'll live its whole life thinking it's stupid. Yes. That's the thing. That's exactly it. Like that resonates with me to my core. That's, yeah. I actually, I love that quote so much as well. I love <laughs> it because it it's, it's, it's really cool to see like, we can't judge people because we all have different strengths and different weaknesses and we can serve different ways. And it's, it's a beautiful quote. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so true. It's so yeah. true. You know, the environment it, it is so important. Um, I can't, I had this weird epiphany, you know, I'm, I'm a really deep thinker. So I, you know, it's kind of funny doing this interview and thank you so, so much for the opportunity oh, again, but you know, like I, because I'm such a deep thinker, um, I don't know what, it, what this looks like on the outside when I say things. So, um, <laughs> but I had this thought and it, and it was just so, um, uh, you know, foundational for me. Um, I had this thought that I, I, I kind of came to like, um, 
I want to say like sieve down what life is and here's what life is. Yeah. Life is for, it consists of four things and it is, you know, we're all born with our health. We're all born with time mm -hmm. and, and well, all of these are limited. So health can be limited. Time can be limited. We're, we're, we're born with community mm -hmm. and um, our environment. And those four things are what, what we are born with and what we need to live. If, if one of those things becomes a de deficit, then there is suffering. So if our health is a deficit, it's suffering. If there's time at a deficit, you know, obviously um, our far community and, and there's so, you know, there's this epidemic, epidemic of loneliness that's happening in the mm -hmm. world, you know, just with disconnect and yeah. certainly the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a beautiful realization. And I'm curious, what led you to that? I'm sure it's lots of different things, but what led you to that? Yeah, you know what, I I really, I think it's my neurodiversity. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm really just uh, a different thinker as, as, as uh, you know, witnessed in my book, probably when you, <laughs> when you looked through it, it's quite different. Mm -hmm. Um it's a unique story. So I'm, I'm a unique thinker. I, I, I can't even, you know, I'm, I'm constantly on the lookout to improve, improve myself to find truths. I believe in vulnerability. I believe in speaking truths. And, um, and so I think my brain is just, you know, even when I'm sleeping, I have, I wake up with these thoughts because I think it's just constantly on and trying to whittle things down to basic truths. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that can be consumed. I mean, it's it's beautiful. It's it's a gift that you have, honestly. Like I just I think that somebody who is able to take big, huge concepts and bring them down into these little bite-sized pieces, it's so beautiful. And when you were talking, you talked about your book a little bit. So I'd love to start digging into that a little bit. Um, you can give us a little bit about what your book is and what the process was for you in the way that you think in a different way. Okay. Yeah. So I, I began my writing journey. Um, it was right after um, my second son was born. And, uh, you know, when we talk about hard times, for, you know, like parenting, I, uh, I, I, I know I had a little bit of postpartum. So what happened was my, and I will get to the book. I'm long winded. Oh, with of course. Here. No, no. Okay. Get, take your time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so my sister, I, you know, I needed to get out of the house and she said, I remember her saying, um, and she's a great inspiration to me, my sister, Tracy. So shout out to her. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, she said, you need to, you know, if you want to get out of the house, let's, she said, I've always wanted to write a, a children's book. So let's go and just take a class. So through the Alexander Writer Center here in Calgary, we just took like a beginner's writing course. And, um, and I uh, hadn't, because of my feelings from growing up and thinking that I wasn't very smart and, and just feeling the feelings that I had back in school, I didn't think I could write and I was just going to support her. And I came out of that writer's class with a short story that I, that, um, you know, we had to read our stuff out loud and, and the positive feeling that I got from people saying that I could write and that it was interesting, it just ignited something. It ignited something in me that's deep, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so from then I ended up um, continuing with the classes and met a group of people and we're still together today, the corner lot authors there. They've been an amazing support in my writing and creative journey. So um, at first I was writing actually romance and, um, and that didn't fit me too well, but you know, the, 
the journey that we're all on is a journey of knowing ourselves better. Mm -hmm. And um, something just clicked when I changed it over to writing for children. And so I started writing for children and um, I actually have a, a middle grade book that I'm, I'm going to uh, be publishing in the summer um, uh, that I'm working on. I'm just editing it right now. Um, and I think that began first. And then um, my sister, Tracy, again, um, I remember distinctly, this was uh, in 2019, 2018, um, we were driving back from a mall and um, we've always had, I don't mean like for, I don't mean this to sound childish, but we've always had stuffies in our lives. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know the brand Jelly Cat. They're beautiful, mm -hmm. like stuffed animals. Yeah. And um, she and I always, you know, we just, we, she, she treated me, she bought me like a, a little unicorn. I've kind of got them up in my cupboard. Aww. And, um, but that, that day she had bought me a, um, a, an octopus. And she and I were driving back and we were just sort of joking back and forth about this new stuffy that we had bought, the mm -hmm. jelly cat octopus. And uh, she said, you know, Lisa, you should write a story about a unicorn and an octopus. And I was like, oh my gosh, I totally should. Like, that would be hilarious. And the next morning, I, was, I sat up in bed at like six o'clock in the morning. My husband, Dave, he was getting ready for work. And he's like, what are you doing? You know, I, I, mm -hmm. I wrote the story in about a half an hour. Wow. And it just, again, I felt that igniting of something special. And, um, and that's when it began back there. So I, I um, started with just like a template of a book and didn't know what I was doing. You know, everything that I've kind of done in my life, I've done in my own way. Mm -hmm. um, almost with a, not a rebellious disregard for the rules, but I have a hard time kind of following paths that have already been carved out. So really? yeah. And you find gold, you find it's like incredible things that you find along the way when you try to do something in your own way, you know, mm -hmm. We're all sort of I think it's built into us. So anyway, yeah. So so from there I um uh I I started drawing. Um and this was about the time that I start also started creating uh, portraits for people. So something, it, it wasn't just an igniting of that story. I was also like um, recognizing that I could, that I could draw, mm -hmm. um, which, is, which is interesting because I, I have memories back um, of drawing like in the house that I grew up in, but, you know, just never feeling like it was anything like as much as I loved it, it you know, you couldn't make money at it. So it was, you know, it was, right that that sort of like discarded idea mm -hmm. um yeah and anyway so that began my exploration this led to this book so um this book actually is about everything we've been talking about in a strange way you know it's short it's um uh the panels are here behind me so you can see that uh yeah, yeah. if you're watching this on youtube you can check out the images and if you're listening to this don't forget to look at the youtube video because the art is phenomenal Thank you so much. Yeah, you're Thank welcome. You. So the basis of the book is that an octopus um, has a teddy bear, one lucky teddy bear. And um, and that's actually my website too, oneluckyteddybear.com. Um, he's got a teddy bear and um, something happens and he ends up getting pulled up, 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 up to the clouds. And there he meets a cloudy corn. And, um, and from there they have to figure out how to get back down. 
And the premise of the story is, and even the art for the book is contrast. Mm -hmm. So if you start thinking about like, um, you know, the contrast of this octopus being at the bottom of the ocean and then going all the way up to the cloud, right? We've got like, like quite low and quite high. And the, I have the contrast of like, it starts out in the morning and it ends in the evening. So you've got the, the morning sun in the, in the beginning, in the evening, uh, the moon comes out. And then even the materials that I used, and that wasn't something that I had pre-planned. This journey was a long journey. You know, it took, it's mm -hmm. taken me a number of years to to slowly work on it and to really think about it. And um, so, yeah, it starts out with pastels and graphite, which is like a very, I've used dry medium mm -hmm. and ended up with watercolor. And so it's even the contrast in the materials that I've used. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. And I just wanted to acknowledge that I think your art is absolutely beautiful. I saw it on your website. I just think it's spectacular. And uh, I, I love it in the book as well. Like, I think the octopus is, is like the cutest little thing I've ever seen. And I, I love the way that you were able to tie your sister's relationship and connection with the teddy bear into this beautiful story about, you know, overcoming hurdles and figuring out things and with clarity and and joy and you know enjoying the journey along the way too and seeing new characters that they meet along the way as like new things that come up in your life where you can just take it all in and I just I do believe it's just such a beautiful unique story um and my my one thing I wanted to point out about what I've been catching while you're talking is the way that you had a lot of limiting beliefs you know you thought that you weren't smart enough you thought oh I can't be a writer you thought oh I'm not that good at art you know you remember things from when you were young but you had a lot of limiting beliefs and I can see through a couple things how you've broke those down. But to go a little bit deeper in that, we'll come back to the book, but I want to go a little bit deeper in that because I feel so much in my personal journey and in everyone's lives, we do create these limiting beliefs within us. And I see this courageous woman in you who has been able to tackle those limiting beliefs. And, and I'd love to hear how you did that because it's something that's not easy, um, but it's something that's so important that we share so we can learn and grow to how to how you did it. So I'm curious, how did you tackle those limiting beliefs within? Well, that is something I'm still working on. Yeah. And I thank you for the compliments. Um, I would say that it takes um, a vulnerability Mm. and and also a patience nothing nothing has to get done like you know if you're afraid to do something you don't have to you don't have to jump off you know and and just do it um I mean I, I'm sure there's benefits to that um mm -hmm. maybe it's a personality thing but it's that little one foot in front of the other so for me the limiting belief about I um I can't draw, you know, over the course of the last, hmm, let's see, you know, like I would, I would make um, chalk drawings with the boys when they were younger, we would, we would go outside on the sidewalk and I draw chalk. And I remember the neighbors saying like, cause I draw cartoony things or I draw like a whole world for them to ride their bikes around. Um, <laughs> That's so fun. fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah really fun for me too and just you know to spend that time together but um I remember the neighbor saying or you know somebody saying like oh wow like you've really got a 
you've really got a talent for that. And, and I think it's in those little moments when we acknowledge each other mm. that it built, it started building like a little, like, you know, something in me. Um, so, so it was like a, a, a small mention here and then a small mention there and then, okay, well, maybe if I, um, listen to the little calling voice inside of me that says that there's a little bit more to who I am. Mm -hmm. I remember, um, going on a trip with my husband and suddenly just having this feeling like, um, um, because parenting just takes so much. It's like, okay, who am I other than mom? Yeah. for my boys who am I other than a wife or partner for my husband um and so something about this trip allowed me to think about um you know investigating like a hobby or something for myself what am I going to do with my time as the kids get older and more independent which is what you want right like <laughs> um, yeah. and uh so I remember like going to this uh art store and saying you know I'm just going to pick up a couple of pastels and like uh uh, a, a book and did that and you know it when I talk about small steps I think I bought that I kind of you know tried to do something and then looked at it and decided it wasn't good enough you know it wasn't mm. wasn't what the picture in my head didn't match the picture that I was trying to draw so I think I put that down and I think it sat there for a year yeah you know, so I and that's okay you know it was still something that I wanted in my possession um and so it's it's I think I think think it's a, an accumulation of small steps because then that happened again where I was like I drew something and and I got another small compliment so then I thought oh maybe maybe I can give this more of a, a, a wholehearted try mm -hmm. and um, just a short story here mm -hmm. I have another memory of so my father passed away in 2016 2016 was a huge year for me for change mm -hmm. in 2016 uh, at the start of it, my husband lost the job that he'd had, you know, that was our foundation and our stability. Yeah. Um, my dad passed away, um, which was uh, huge to my heart. Um, even though we weren't close, it was sort of this breaking of, I think, an ever and a hope of sort of us connecting in a deeper level. Right. But that's a whole different story. Mm -hmm. um, and when he passed away um and we flew out to the funeral because he lived on the west coast i had brought um i had a picture on my phone of my dog and i was trying to um i think part of my neurodiversity is that i kind of got an octopus brain so sometimes i i talk about like trying to keep some of the tentacles busy so like i've always got a song rotating in my head mm -hmm. and I, and I, you know and i brought this to kind of keep my head busy during this flight that was going to be I don't like flying um and then to go to my dad's funeral so I brought this along and I think I was quite a far way into what was maybe my second or third drawing and I hadn't really shown anybody any of my other drawings and anyway so I was drawing all the way back on the flight and at the end of the flight the gentleman next to me stood up and he said you are an incredible artist and he was kind of flustered about it. I think he was saving it for the end. And um, and he left and just something in me just broke open. Mm. So, you know, when you see something, you know, I know for bad stuff, see something, say something. Yes. But when you see something in somebody, say something, you know, yeah. you can be that person 
that is the nutrients, the water, the sunlight that cracks that seed open and allows them to grow and develop because that cracked me open. It did with that stranger yeah. taking, being vulnerable and making that comment. Yeah. So yeah, so there's, there's yeah, definitely something about strangers giving you feedback because for me in my journey, you know, lots of people could say lots of different things about me, but I was like, well, are they just saying this? Like, you don't know where the intention's coming from, all this, right? But when a stranger, there's something about a stranger who doesn't really know you that well, who is new to your life or doesn't even know you sitting beside you on a plane, in your example, when they say something, it really makes you think, like when you can really receive that feedback full-heartedly and actually listen. Because for me, it was always like, yeah, but whatever, like kind of push it away. But when you really receive it and you listen to the words that they're speaking to you and take it, you're right. It does water that seed that's in you and it gives them the sunlight. Like you said, I think that's the most beautiful way to word it. I love that because I think it's so impactful. And a lot of times in our own heads, we're like, oh my gosh, that person looks so cute. I love their outfit. And you just keep it to yourself. But when you actually say that to somebody, it could change their whole day. That's actually like a way of being a, a positive light. And it's actually like an act of kindness. You know, acts of kindness can be so small, just the way that we communicate with each other. But I love what you're saying in that, you know, when you see something in someone, say it. If you genuinely feel it, say it. And it's a beautiful, a beautiful story that you shared with us about the the stranger on the plane. I, I think that's so awesome. So it lit something in you and I'll let you continue. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. It did. It, it lit something in me and it gave me the, the confidence to move forward. So I think, you know, to answer your question about how, um, I overcame that self-limiting belief, what happened after that was, um, so with the changes that were happening that year, what else happened that year was our, the dog that we had had since before the kids passed away. So that was like, it was like a lot of grief, I think, layered on top of like, oh, I, I really need to find a way to express myself as well. Mm -hmm. um, so the, I think that's kind of the drawing was one of those like octopus tentacles keep that busy but um we ended up having to move as well as a consequence of okay the lifestyle we sustained we we, we need to make a change here so that we can continue to sustain uh, ourselves in, in in a good way um so when we moved we ended up um having somebody come in and they were working on uh the kitchen a little bit for us and as they were working i was drawing and we struck up a conversation and I ended up, um, he was telling me about his dog and how much he loved his dog. And it ended up that he, I, I said, well, I'll draw your dog for you. Mm -hmm. And that was one of my first portraits uh, for commission. And mm -hmm. I was amazed at myself because when I held myself accountable to another person, so that I think that was step two. Right. When I made an offer that for me, it was vulnerable. So I wasn't going, I wasn't going to ask for a commission. I wanted to do it for him out of the goodness of my heart. And I, I, mm -hmm. I believe in, in karma too. So that was also like, no, let me do this for you. You loved your dog so much. Let me draw it for you. Mm -hmm. And then having that accountability to do something the best that I could for him, right. pulled something out of me and made me grow more out of that seed and then to have his reaction, which was overwhelmed, right. um, gave me that 
confidence to then do it again. I think there was another worker that came in the house and I'm like, do you have a picture that I could draw for you? Oh. <laughs> yeah, just finding opportunities wherever you could. Creating opportunities and doing it within, I guess, my own comfort and safety. And I think that's part of that patience too, right? Because if somebody then would have come back to me, I think at that time and 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 been a bit more force, forceful, like I'd like you to draw this to me, it would have put too much pressure. It was sort of like I needed a, a few opportunities uh, with me where within my comfort level to build that confidence to then uh, um, have open up the business and have you know people um contact me to, to draw you know and also back to the parenting thing like that parenting is a bubble that you know I remember when my son was born um the my first son was the first time that I I remember distinctly having this moment in my day because I all of a sudden was disconnected from my work you know Dave would go off to work I was in my home I didn't have a lot of family around and I realized I could go through a whole day without talking to anybody. I could even go to the grocery store and go through the grocery grocery line and not have a conversation. And so being a, a stay-at-home parent, just, it can be so isolating, and especially if you're an introvert. And so the art that I um, started doing, um, breaking through that barrier for my self-limiting beliefs, involved me actually connecting again with the outside world. And I found that, you know, intimidating. Yeah. Uh, but it also really, uh, you know, it's something that I'm still working on, actually, is, is mm -hmm. just sort of breaking out of my bubble of being in the home and being in my own comfort. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Well, extreme amounts of growth happen when you push yourself outside of your comfort zone. I fully believe that. And I just I absolutely love the message of being vulnerable. I think it's it's forgotten a lot and sometimes it's even seen as a weakness. You know, you don't want to be too vulnerable or whatever it is. There's lots of messaging around it, but I love your message in vulnerability has allowed you to express yourself in different ways and and it's just a great way to frame it. And I believe too that being vulnerable is is an invitation for others to also be vulnerable and open up and if you, you know, if you can't expect other people to do what you're not willing to do first kind of thing. And yeah. it's so beautiful through this whole experience, through your whole journey, that you have a lot of grace for yourself, I hear, which is huge. It's huge to breaking down those limiting beliefs because nothing is linear. Nothing is ever linear. We can see in everyone's life, there's ups and downs and things that we all have to tackle and go through. But when you have that grace for yourself and you allow yourself to feel and be vulnerable, I mean, there's beautiful things that come from it, just like you are. And different things like that so I again I just want to thank you for sharing that in such a beautiful way with everyone oh absolutely yeah well thank you for this forum of being able to talk so openly you know yeah. and, and I absolutely agree with everything you said that 100 percent yeah yeah and so I I want to jump back into your book a little bit so where can people find it how can they get their hands on it I have it right here I show it the cover is just absolutely beautiful so <laughs> How can people get a hold of your book? And if, if there's anything else that you want to share about it, uh, I'd love to, you know, dive in a little bit more if there's anything we missed. Yeah. Um, okay. So where to find it is uh, on oneluckyteddybear.com. That's okay. me. Uh, or you can do a search on Amazon and I'm global. I, uh, you know, whether you're in Australia or in England, anywhere, yeah. um, you can search for it. One Lucky Teddy Bear Falling. Mm -hmm. um or my name Lisa Joanne Iverson and um 
what I'd like to share is that I'm working on the next one. So I, uh, yeah, I'm working on um, one lucky teddy bear sideways. So this time it's a monkey. He's a monkey's got a hold of the bear, and uh, they're going to have an adventure as well. Um, and so it's sort of following the same template that I've already started here with having like the graphic design elements of almost like a cartoony comic strip with the uh, borders. Um, and that's another contrast in the book is that I play with the borders and then I take the borders away mm -hmm. uh, and then I, you know, put them back again. So again, like I'm just following my own path and, uh, and uh, creating something new and original, I hope, you know, I mm -hmm. haven't seen anything like what I'm doing uh, out there so far. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, one thing that I'd like to say about the book is that uh, when I originally had the concept, I was so determined to uh, create a book that didn't need words. And so all of the panels originally were created so that the expressions on the characters' faces, so that the mood, uh, the colors, uh, you know, it could be interpreted in more than one way. I'm absolutely fine with that. You know, we all see things so differently. And I think that that's really important for, uh, you know, children for development to be able to see things more than one way and have conversations about, well, what is this story, you know, to you? Mm -hmm. um, and so the words, uh, they came afterwards and, and, uh, and though I'm happy with the rhythm of them, I'm happy with the simplicity of them. You know, if um, you have like a nonverbal reader or if you've got, uh, you know, a child that, um, uh, you know, is, uh, not as maybe expressive or is just kind of struggling with reading, this story works for that as well. Um, that was my intent in the beginning. So yeah, the words came after the story. Uh, it was actually all drawn up and uh, yeah, I'm yeah, proud of it. I love that because I was definitely a visual reader when I was younger. I was like, the more pictures, the better. <laughs> um, so I think that's really important that you're able to tell that story through lots of imaging and expressions through everything like I very I I enjoyed reading it because I was like I'm going to read the words first and then I'm going to take in all the elements of the photos and the drawings and the images that are in it like there's just so much beauty within one book I, I, in my opinion um and I I absolutely love it and the one thing you spoke about as well was really carving out your own path and I feel like you really own that, which is so refreshing to see. And I love that you're on a mission to be different and unique and you're just embracing that. And I think we need a little bit more of that because everybody does have their own special, unique voice and you coming on and sharing your unique and your own voice has been very inspiring. So I, I thank you again. I'm just, I'm in awe because I think it's so courageous for you to push yourself outside your comfort zone and speak about all these different things. So yeah, it's awesome. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. And and everything that you just said, you know, that resonates so deeply with me. And that's actually what the book is about, mm -hmm. too, because, you know, um, there's talents that an octopus has, and there's talents that the other creature has, the cloudy corn. And so it's in combining those talents. It's the fact that they're different. Mm -hmm. The fact that they have their own strengths that make, uh, you know, success possible. And that's in all of us. So mm -hmm. if we can quiet ourselves enough or if we can pay attention to ourself enough if we can break through that seed that we are and be vulnerable you know uh for growth uh then we can achieve yeah we can and and we need to embrace those differences you know that's yeah. I, I love your messaging that's what this is all about
Yeah, awesome. All right. So I have four final questions that I do at every interview. But before I get to that, is there anything else you want to share? A final message aside from the last four questions? Oh my gosh. Um, do I want to share anything? Yeah, I think that I think my brain just log jammed. So I'm gonna say no. There's probably okay. 12 <laughs> things, but it just all got stuck. So no, let's yeah. just keep going. No problem. All right. So the first question is, what is some of the best advice you've received? Um, that life I, I've received, like I search for it. I search for, you know, like the, the quotes and things, but mm -hmm. the one that I keep coming back to is that life's a roller coaster. It really is. And I, it's like a roller coaster. So the important part about it is that when you're up, appreciate that you're up, like enjoy the view um, and know that you're going to have a, it's a down is coming. Mm -hmm. It's inevitable. It's, it's the balance of that, right. Of, of the discomfort and sort of suffering unless you like the downs, but, <laughs> but, and then when you're down, when you're feeling really low, just remember that there's going to be another rise. Like don't lose hope. You know, you're, you are going to go up again. It's going to be, you know, the, there are things in this life that we can always find to be grateful for. And that, you know, when things happen, um, you know, as many bad things happen, good things can happen. So mm -hmm. I, I have this thought in my head that, um, you know, whenever I, encounter something that makes me unhappy or that is scary or that that upsets me I immediately think yeah but there's something good in the world you know if you think that oh you know somebody passed away well somebody was born today too so it's it's yeah. finding that balance that the highs and the lows just appreciate them appreciate where you are and just know that it's not always going to be that way yeah and then focus on what you want to attract too right and that like you were talking about finding the positive within the bad as well. It's just, it's beautiful messaging. All right. The next question is, what is some of the worst advice you've received? Um, I once had somebody tell me that for a job, they basically told me to stock the... <laughs> Like if I wanted a specific job, like basically like go stand outside of the business and every day so that they know that you are, you know, right there and that you're reliable and that you're interested and you're motivated. And I mean, it's not terrible advice, but it's bad advice for me because that is not who I am. Right. Right. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that wasn't I, it, what it told me. What that advice told me was that that person didn't know me very well. Right. Yeah, exactly. And and it really it doesn't align with who you are. And that's your messaging is to be who you are. So yeah. it went against that. I love yes. that. That's great. Yeah. All right. Next question. This is one of my favorite questions. So what is a piece of advice you would tell your younger self or somebody in the younger generation? Uh, <laughs> um, Take as long as you need to think about it. You got time. Yeah. I think what I want to say actually resonates back to the discussion that we've been having, which is it's it, it's going to be, well, it comes to mind like all will be well. I like all the L's in those words. Um, and it's true. 
I think what we are born with when I talk about those four things like health, time, community and environment, um, when I talk about like inherent sort of gifts or abilities that we have, I think that's in the seed that we are when we come here. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's who we are born uh, and what we have when we're born and it's with us all the time. So I think I would just you know, it's sort of like just saying it's going to be okay. You know, the journey that you're on is the things that happen to you and the way that you react to it, but it's all, you're capable already. It's already in you. Yeah. I love that. You already have everything you need to achieve, right? Yeah. That's, that's great. Awesome. And the last question, it's a little bit of an easier one, but what are you grateful for? I love to end the interview on a state of gratitude. And so I'm curious, what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very grateful for you. Um, I'm very, uh, I, I'm very grateful for oh the ability to communicate, to think. I, I'm grateful for so much. I'm having a logjam again. It's I'm 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 grateful for that. But let me just also say, I'm so grateful to be alive right now with the people that I have in my life and with all the possibility that there is, you know, I think that it's, it's quite easy to kind of look upon things and sort of feel like a, 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 a sense of either, you know, loss or hopelessness, you know, sometimes depending on the news, but I'm just so grateful to, there's so much, there's so much positive forward motion and that's the big picture stuff. But for me, I'm so grateful for my husband. I'm so grateful for my kids. I'm so grateful for my my siblings, um, the my friends, my community, my writing community, you know? And I, when I talk about like trying to sort of break my bubble, it's, it's to connect even more mm -hmm. with people outside. Um, and it's not within my comfort zone to necessarily do that. But once I have, man those bonds are strong like it yes. and that's the thing that's that feeling that you just know you know a person you know that you're supported you know you're cared about loved and and that you that they will receive your love too so yeah. fantastic a great way to end the episode thank okay. you so much again for joining me and being vulnerable and sharing your story if you want to get a hold of her book i'm going to put the link below you can find them in the episode notes so it's going to be really easy for you to get her book and learn a little bit more about her see her art and everything that she has to offer but again thank you so much for showing up today and pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone and doing this interview with me today